David's Psalm 32, in which he blesses the man whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered, and unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Remembering that the word impute means to count, account, or reckon. And those three synonyms that the New Testament uses interchangeably means to consider, declare, regard, or esteem a man to have no sin. That is a state of blessedness. And so David writes, blessed is such a man. That's in the first two verses. In the next three verses, we read about our practical relationship with God, our Father, and the confession of sins that we make to have fellowship restored and for His heavy hand to be taken from us that turns our moisture into dryness. Then David will exhort that men should trust Him as their place of safety, and He will deliver them, and they shall sing praises to Him, and that we should all shout with joy that are upright in heart as the psalm ends. Let us stand together and read Psalm 32 as we worship the Lord with a psalm according to His commandment in the New Testament. Psalm 32 in unison. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord... Mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 32. Thank you for the description of blessedness upon us. We believe that we are God's redeemed, 
by the evidence that he gives in the New Testament. That's why we're assembled this day, to appreciate David's blessedness. This psalm is quoted by our brother Paul in Romans chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, as he takes from these first two verses to describe the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness and will not impute iniquity without works, but by pure, free, sovereign grace. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Romans 9.15 So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. The Apostle Paul takes these two verses, and though there is no clause that says, without works, the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, understands them to be without works, because this is describing our legal justification before God, in which God justifieth the ungodly. God doesn't justify the godly. He justifies the ungodly. Aren't you thankful? Since you wouldn't qualify otherwise. Am I not thankful because I wouldn't qualify otherwise? Verses 1 and 2 are our legal standing before God. And as the second verse closes out, there is a clause there that makes reference to the vital work that the Holy Spirit does in all of us in whose spirit there is no guile. That's only after regeneration. Before regeneration, your spirit is full of guile. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17.9. But it's after regeneration that we're given a new heart, a new man created, created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians 4.24. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. The legal forgiveness of sins, accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ, paid for on the cross of Calvary, purposed from eternity in the promise of God, in the everlasting covenant of salvation. Blessed is the man whose sin is covered under the blood of Christ. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. He does not count, account, reckon, consider, regard, or esteem iniquity to our accounts, Because he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us righteousness, redemption and wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The first reference was 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Praise his great and glorious name. But in verses 3 through 5, do the justified, redeemed, elect children of God experience this as well. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Though God does not impute iniquity legally to the elect, He imputes instead the righteousness of Christ. There is a practical relationship that we have with God on a day-by-day basis, whereby if we regard iniquity in our hearts, if we sin, we lose that fellowship and our spirits dry up. When I kept silence, when I did not confess my sins, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Have you ever been unhappy in sin as a child of God and know the truth of that third verse? For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. That's the chastening hand of a loving father. 
For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. Notice, his hand was heavy upon the man that he doesn't impute iniquity to. Hello? How do we rightly divide the word of truth? Verses 1 and 2 are our legal position in Christ. Verses 3 through 5 are our practical relationship with him as sons to a father. Day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. That is the condition. If you're unhappy, if you're miserable, if you're frustrated, if you're disappointed, if you're hopeless in any degree, it is very easy to tell you the problem. You are in verses 3 and 4. You have kept silence and not gone to God and confessed all your sins and had your fellowship restored with your Father. He will not allow you to live such a way in happiness, in fulfillment, in contentment. He will make you miserable in His hand, His chastening hand, His loving hand will be heavy upon you. David knew that. David was roaring all the day long in unhappiness and discontentment. Because God was chastening him. And his moisture was turned into the drought of summer. He was just dried up. I feel so dried up. Do you ever talk to yourself that way, you fellow melancholies? Do you ever say, I feel so miserable. I feel dead. I feel spiritually dead. There's a reason for it. It's verses 3 and 4. First of all, you've forgotten verses 1 and 2, which is the joy of your salvation. Blessed is the man that has such a legal condition. Verses 3 and 4, then you're allowing sin in your life. Do you want to get the joy back? Do you want to get the joy that verse 11 is going to tell you to have? Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. How do we get it back? Verse 5. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. There are multiple phases of the forgiveness of sins taught in the Bible. We have a legal position in Christ that was accomplished at the cross when the Lord Jesus Christ said, it is finished. We have another relationship with Him described in 1 John chapter 1 that we must walk in the light as He is in the light to have fellowship with Him. When we sin, we are out of that light and our fellowship is taken away. David described that in Psalm 51 after his sin with Bathsheba. But this is how you get it back. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He is willing and able to do that every single day. That is beyond the finished work of Christ. That is our personal relationship of fellowship with Him. And here it is in verse 5, I acknowledged my sin. I told God what I had done wrong. My iniquity I had hid no longer. Psalm 66 and verse 18 would tell us, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But I didn't regard it in my heart. I acknowledged it to God. I told Him what I had done wrong. I no longer hid my iniquity. I said to myself in my misery, I will confess my transgressions. And God forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this, because of what I just explained to you from these five verses, and especially what's in verse 5, for this... Shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found? God will not always be found. Isaiah 55 verses 6 through 9 tells you to call upon him while he is near. He is full of abundant pardon. But he will not allow us to stubbornly rebel against him foolishly for long. Verse 6, surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh 
unto him. David would say, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. That isn't God singing to David. That's God delivering David so that he's singing songs of deliverance on a regular basis because God delivered him. This is poetry. And you're supposed to be able to understand the intent of these verses. There's going to be songs of deliverance sung all around David, and David's going to be singing them because God is going to deliver him. Just as a few verses from now, it's going to declare songs of mercy are going to compass him about in verse 10. He that trusteth in the Lord mercy shall compass him about. The instruction in verses 8 and 9 is, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God will lead us through life. He will take care of us and show us the way. If we understand our blessedness in the first two verses, if we confess our sins in the fifth verse, and if we put our trust in Him and make Him our refuge and place of shelter from trouble in verses 6 through 7, God will instruct us. He will guide us with His eye. He tells us to not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. Peter. They have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. He tells about the trouble that's going to come to the wicked in verse 10. But the man who trusts in the Lord, mercy is going to compass him about. A compass draws a circle, children. Does a compass have a point that you put in a page and a pencil or a crayon or an ink pen at the end and able to draw a complete circle of 360 degrees? Mercy shall compass him about. Deliverance shall compass him about in verse 7. Because of that, the blessedness of the first two verses, the constant, practical, faithful forgiveness of sins in the fifth verse, the deliverance out of trouble in verses 6 and 7, the instruction that God gives us in leading us in difficult situations in verses 8 and 9, Verse 11 tells us how we should react. And this is what we want to give him today. Be glad in the Lord. Be glad. Be glad. We don't wait for gladness to come to us. We go get gladness and grab a hold of it and take it. It is the world's idea that you let circumstances dictate how you feel about things and how you are joyful or happy or not. We don't wait to be happy. We choose to be happy. Happiness is a choice. It is not a result of circumstances. It is a choice. Be glad in the Lord. That is an imperative verb construction. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. If you're upright in heart, it's because God's given you a new heart. If God's given you the blessing of verses 1 and 2, it's by His grace. If He's forgiven you your sins in verse 5, rejoice and be glad. Choose to shout for joy. Brethren, let's give him that today in both assemblies. He has blessed us abundantly. Salvation is of the Lord. He doesn't impute iniquity to us. He imputes the righteousness of his own son to us. He imputed our sins to his own son. Rejoice, ye righteous, and be glad. Amen.